0: Deep inside every one of us is a lion waiting to be unleashed. Are you ready to be unleashed into your destiny? As we stand on the edge of time, the web of deception is being unraveled. Carl Joseph offers you the red pill and the keys to unlock the shackles of your mind. Get ready to be transformed by God's supernatural power. Let's join him now.
1: Friend, today I'd like to talk about prayer, but particularly persistence in prayer. However, much has been said down the years regarding persistence in prayer, and sometimes for the wrong reasons. Having studied the scriptures for a little bit, I firmly believe that God's ability to intervene in our lives is impacted by our prayer life. This may seem like an obvious statement, but let me put it to you another way. I truly believe God's ability to move in our lives can even be restrained by our prayer life or lack thereof. Therefore, if we're not diligent in some areas, we can miss out on seeing God's best come to pass in our lives. Friend, we have to realize that God is not deaf. He hears us the first time when we ask him for something. When Jesus said in Matthew 7 7 and Luke 11:19, 19, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. He wasn't talking about repeating the same petition over and over. He was saying that you need to be persistent in your intentions when it comes to prayer and not quitting until you get an answer. As I'm sure you know by now, when it comes to getting our prayers answered, the resistance is from the evil one, not God. Providing your petition is in line with God's will, and his holy word reveals this. We don't pound the gates of heaven again and again with the same prayer, no. Jesus said we're not to pray with vainless repetitions as the heathen does. He said this in Matthew 6-7, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen does, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. I really like the illustration that Pastor John Osteen gave some years ago with regard to receiving from God. He said, if my daughter came to me and asked for a new dress or something else, I would answer yes, but you're going to have to wait till Saturday when we go shopping. As far as John was concerned, he'd already granted the dress to his daughter, but it wasn't in her physical possession until Saturday came around. Friend, it's the same way with our Heavenly Father. When we approach Him in faith and petition Him, He grants us the petitions of our heart immediately, but it hasn't manifested in the natural realm yet. So what do we do until that dress manifests? Do we come every day asking, Daddy, Daddy, where's the dress? Daddy, where's the dress? Daddy, Daddy? No, 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 you get my point, friend. That's irritating from God's perspective, to say the least, because as far as He's concerned, He's already answered the desire of our heart but it's far better to thank him until it manifests in fact the best way to show your continued faith in the situation is to thank and worship him in advance for your petition and this gives him glory It says in Romans 4 verses 20 through 22 regarding the patriarch Abraham that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to also perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Ever since I heard Pastor John Osteen's illustration regarding the dress, this is what I do in prayer because it's scriptural. Firstly, I go to the Father and find the scripture or promise in his word that I can stand upon. Then I ask in faith, and once I ask him, I stand on 1 John 5.15. It says, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Now one thing I do is make sure my heart isn't condemning me before I ask. Because if it is, then I won't have confidence that God is going to answer my prayer. Remember 1 John 3.21. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we can have confidence toward God, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Remember the Apostle Paul said, holding a clear conscience is the mystery of faith, and we need to keep our hearts tender before God. So when we're confident, we can stand upon 1 John 5.14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now there are quite a few scriptural examples where the Lord commands us to ask and pray. If God is in control of everything, and the world works according to his perfect will by default, then why in the scripture is God asking us to pray, call upon his name, cast out spirits, heal the sick, send laborers into the harvest, or do the works of the Father? Friend, there is a purpose for prayer and action for the church. We cannot discard this. Now let's return to Luke 18, which is a very famous passage on the persistence of prayer, but it's often wrongly interpreted, and I'm going to read it for you now in verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a certain judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge says, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Isn't it comical that Jesus was talking to a bunch of blokes, as we'd say in Wales, about persistence in prayer, and then he says, and there was a certain widow woman in the city? This could be interpreted as a bit of a slap in the face for the disciples. Jesus is going to give an example of real tenacity in prayer by starting out with the example of a woman. Why? Because I have to be honest, the best prayers I've ever met are women, not men. And it looks like Jesus thought so, too. Sorry, guys. Men pray for about 30 seconds to a minute. But because women understand the birthing process intimately, (laughs) they have a gumption to continue until this thing is manifested in the natural realm. They just won't let go and are willing to endure some discomfort along the way. But men, not necessarily so. I like the way Marilyn Hickey used to say it. We need to have bulldog faith, a faith that's not willing to let go until the answer to our prayer materializes. The reason she gave the example of the bulldog is because the lower jawbone of an English bulldog projects upward in front of the upper jaw and is called a turn up. Therefore, the jaws not only clench, but rotate upwards, effectively locking it into place. This typically creates a stronger clench than a normal dog, and your clench needs to be stronger than the devil's, my friend. Now back to Luke 18, the widow woman is commended for her persistence in petitioning for justice against her adversary, compounded by the fact that she was facing an unjust judge. The unjust judge was temporarily withholding the rightful justice she deserved, and she needed to cry out day and night. Satan is the one who withholds rightful justice on this earth, friend, and he is a typology of the adversary in this passage. We need to remain steadfast in faith until we see our prayers come to pass, friend, but it certainly isn't because we have to convince, persuade, or beg God to do it. God is our vindicator. He will avenge us in due season, and we should not take vengeance into our own hands, no matter how tempting it might be to do so. Remember King David, friend. Several times he had the opportunity to take vengeance upon King Saul, who was hunting him day and night, but he chose not to do so. Remember in the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 19, it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Friend, this widow woman was seeking to make right a wrong that occurred against her, and prayer is the best means by which God can do this in your life, instead of taking matters into your own hands in the flesh. In my own life, there have been times when I've been wronged and taken matters into my own hands, and times when I didn't, and left it up to God. When I did so, the outcome was for the benefit of all, and especially in my favor also. Now, people have mistaken God for the unjust judge in this passage, whom we need to wear down by our continual coming. This is not so. To designate God as an unjust judge is not in unison with a total representation of God in Scripture and is the wrong interpretation of this passage. Also, an unjust judge is subject to bribes, typically, so this judge was evidently not to be trusted for the right outcome. One takeaway from this passage is that even if an unrighteous judge is willing to answer the prayer of this widow, this serves as a standard Jewish how-much-more argument. In other words, how much more will a righteous judge like our Heavenly Father answer our prayers? Friend, it won't take much, will it? Remember when Jesus spoke of God's goodness in Matthew 7:11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good gifts to them that ask him? Friend, we have a loving Heavenly Father who loves justice and doesn't need to be coerced, manipulated, or forced into answering our prayers. He's willing to fulfill any of his promises toward us and swiftly. Now, what does it mean when it says in verse 7, though he bear long with them? Remember, this isn't a statement, but a question. I prefer the way it's worded in the CJB. Let's read it now then the Lord commented, notice what this corrupt judge says. Now won't God grant justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Is he delaying long over them? I tell you that he will judge in their favor and quickly. But when the son of man comes, will he find this trust on the earth at all? friend, God isn't delaying anything. Like I said, the resistance is not from him. Although I will say that sometimes it can take time for God to position certain things to answer our prayers. Remember, Abraham received the promise of Isaac through faith and patience, not faith only. Patience is waiting well, not just waiting. Otherwise, the scripture would say he inherited the promise through faith and waiting. We could also be waiting on the angels to do their bidding in the spiritual realm before we see the answer manifest in our life. Do you recall the prophet Daniel when he prayed in Babylonian captivity? Let's read Daniel chapter 10 verses 12 through 13. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you did set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I am come for your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Two things to note here, friend. Daniel's words impacted the situation, and there was satanic resistance in the heavenly realm, hindering the immediate answer to Daniel's prayer. Clearly, the Prince of Persia is not a physical entity in this context, as he resisted an angel in this passage. So what if Daniel had not prayed at all, or if he'd quit after ten days? I fear he wouldn't have seen the manifestation of his prayer. This was an insight into the spiritual realm from the Old Testament. Only when Daniel diligently continued in faith did his prayer manifest. And it's the same persistence that the Son of Man seeks when he returns to the earth. Friend, it's clear from this passage that our words can impact the situation. The scripture says that angels hearken to the voice of the words spoken. And you should continue in that vein of faith until you see your prayer manifest. Friend, it's time to get back to some of the things you've quit God on. I know there are people out there who've just given up on several desires in their life, but God hasn't, friend. It's time to stand on His promises once more. Find it in the Word. Find the promise in God's Word. Continue to be persistent by thanking Him and worshiping Him until you see it come to pass.
0: You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained Podcast. Carl is a minister who's witnessed God's supernatural power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl is a unique researcher who investigates current affairs, societal trends, technology, cults, and end time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button.